So we started a series two weeks ago titled Ready, Set, Go. And for the last two weeks, we talked about what it meant to get ready, to be prepared. Specifically last week, we talked about fasting and, and, and what fasting is and how fasting is kind of like the pull vault, right? It's, it's that stick that gets you over the really high marker in your life that you haven't been able to do on your own, that you haven't been able to conquer on your own strength. Fasting will break you through it. We talked specifically about Queen Esther and how she was afraid of going before the king because she hadn't been summoned. So she told all of her people, fast for three days. So that when I go, I may find that favor, find that grace, and the scepter be extended. And that's what happened. And we know her as the person that God used to deliver Israel in that time period. And so fasting is important, crucial. If you don't understand what fasting is, if you want more information on it, listen to last week's message on the podcast or grab a CD to make sure you you get that information because it is important in the life of a believer to have a life of fasting. And I'm not talking about intermittent fasting, which is good for your health, right? I'm not talking about about fasting as a diet plan. I'm talking about fasting where you are depriving yourself of something in order to get closer to God. And it's something that as believers we should do. And today I want to start talking about go. And I want you to open your Bible with me to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Open with me to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Really easy one to find. It's the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 12, we're going to begin to read in verse number 1 of Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1, and it says this. I'm going to read throughout the whole passage, and then we're going to break it down. But verse number 1 of chapter 12 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Sheshem, as far as the Terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were there in the land. Now the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on his west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south." Father, this morning, as we dive into your word, we ask you, Lord, that you speak to us, that you guide us and you direct us. And Father, that we may feel, hear your voice that tells us to go and to fulfill all that you have called us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. If you go back to the first verse there of chapter 12, it says, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. You know, what really stands out to me here is the fact that God told Abraham, go, but he didn't tell him where. I mean, you caught that, right? Go to the place, leave your father's house, your your family, to the place that I am going to show you. 
And many times as believers, we stay and we don't go because God hasn't shown us the entire plan yet. We're like, we're, we're kind of like Gideon. God's like, hey, you're going to go do it. And we're like, ah, you sure? You want to show me a sign? And then God does it and is like, ah, you want to show me another sign? Like, you know, are, are you sure? That, that, that's not what Abraham did. God told Abraham, go, and Abraham packed up and left. And I want you to understand something. Abraham, Abram at that time, and I'm going to slip up and say Abraham a bunch of times because three chapters later, God changes his name, all right? So, so just, just bear with me. God tells him to go, and can you picture the conversation? He gets home and he tells his wife, hey, uh, honey, God said that we're going to go. All right, hon, where are we going? I don't know. (laughs) He just said go to the place he's going to show us. Now, think about this for a second, because if you read specifically in in verse number five, watch what it says in verse five. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. Abram wasn't just him. Like, if it's just him and his wife, it might have been an easy move. Right? It's just the two of us. We're, we're, we're just going to go restart somewhere. God's saying to go. It's easy. No, no. They had to uproot. They probably had built a house or tent, or whatever they lived in, right? They had cattle, they had animals, they had servants, people that they had purchased, they had people that depended on them, and they're like, we're going to pack it all up, and we're going. Abram is known as the father of faith. As a matter of fact, most religions, world religions, say that their lineage traces back to Abraham, obviously in Christianity, in Judaism, Even in the Muslim faith, they trace it back to Abraham. Most of the world religions trace it back to Abraham, known as the father of faith. Why? Because when God told Abraham to go, Abraham went. And so this is what it teaches us. Going requires faith. Without faith, you don't go. Going requires faith. I mean, you, you, you hear multiple times in Abraham's life, right? God t- starts to tell him the blessings. God finally gives him a son, and then God tells him, sacrifice your son. And Abraham goes in faith. He went in faith. And the other thing that really pops out and poignantly here is the fact that when you're called to go, you might have to get a little uncomfortable. I mean, again, they've been living there for a very long time. They had to get uncomfortable. Did anybody catch how old Abraham was when he moved? 75. Anybody know how old Abraham was when he died? 175. So he was almost halfway through his life when God said, go. I mean, that's a whole other preaching that we can get into because there's some folks that think, well, I'm already 40. I'm past my prime. Man, I just turned 40 last year. I'm going into my prime. (laughs) 
Especially when we look at athletes, it's like we talk about athletes, the guy's 29 years old, and it's like, oh, he's on the downward trend. Dude, the guy's 29, right? Like, we're, we're, we're so used to like, oh, it's so, so the end. No, no, God, when he calls you, we got to go. And here's the thing that we see with Abraham. In verse number one, it says that God told Abraham, and Abraham went. Abraham moved at the voice of God, not with his eyes. Completely opposite of what we see in Genesis chapter 3. Flip over to Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1, and look what it says in Genesis 3, verse number 1. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the Lord, and, he, and, and sorry, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. Notice here. She gives God's directive. God said, we can't eat of the fruit. What do I think the serpent did? I think the serpent slithered up around the tree and might have taken a bite of the fruit, touched it, gone around it, because it specifically says that when she saw that it was good for food, she took of it and ate it. How did she see it if it wasn't that somebody else did it? So she saw, and when she saw, she ate of it, and she went by what she saw instead of by what God had said. Adam and Eve went the opposite direction. They went by what they saw instead of what God said. Abraham, the father of the faith, he's known because he went when God said go. Church, God has a calling and a purpose in every person's life. And when he says go, if it's time to pack up, pack it up and go. Here's the next thing that really just set out for me here, right? It, 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 it. When you go to the voice of God, look at what it said in verse number seven. This is after he goes, right? Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. Church, when you go at the voice of God, he will always show up. When God says go and you go, he will appear. He's not going to say go and then be like, ha, fend for yourself, gotcha, sucker. No, that's not God. I mean, we do that to people, right? Do you ever do that with anybody? Okay, as a guy, we would do that especially, right? You're playing catch with anybody with a football, and you're like, go long, go long, and the person's running, 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 and then you don't throw it to him. Have you ever done that before? Oh, come on, be honest. Thank you, Hav, for being honest. The rest of you guys are liars. Go repent later because you know you've done that to somebody, okay? It's like, go long, go long, go long. And you throw it to somebody underneath. Ah, I got you. I, I used to tell the people all the time, be like, hey, hey, so-and-so, come over here, come over here. And they come all the way over here and be like, hey, where would you be if I hadn't called you? 
I'd be over there. All right, cool. Go back. You ever, ever done that before? Did anybody else? Man, I guess I was really bad. Lord, forgive me. I thank you, Lord, for these people who are holier than I and have been restored. No, just, that's not what God was. God doesn't do that. God doesn't send you on a thing, on a wild goose chase, and then be like, I'll figure it out. No, no. If God sends you and you go, he'll always show up. He's going to be there. You know, and that goes in every area of your life. My wife and I, have, we, three, we have three children. We have three girls. And um, I remember when she was pregnant with our oldest, with Abigail, we started interviewing pediatricians. I mean, I, I know parents do that today. I don't know if that happened when, when I was little. I mean, I don't know how that worked back then. But, you know, and now it's like, you know, they're, they're, you ask other people who have kids, hey, who's your pediatrician? Which office do you go to? Is that the other? And we went to multiple pediatricians and different offices, and we found the one that we felt God, we, we felt peace from God with, right? And we came to a, an understanding on something. If this is the doctor that we feel God has led us to, we're going to take this doctor's recommendations and advice. So what I mean by that? Well, if you take the baby to the doctor and the doctor says, well, this is what you should do. I don't go back home and then be like, well, does she really know what she's telling us? I'm not going to question, right? Like I'm, I'm going with the one that I felt God direct me to. And many times we, we ask God for a mentor, somebody to be that can speak into our life or whatever, and then God tells them to give you a message and you, you're there when, and they're like, well, but are you sure? And doubting it, right? And, and, and putting it off to the side. And then again, we're going back to Gideon. God, are you sure? I mean, yeah, that's right, she agrees. And we need to ensure that when we hear God speak, we go and we believe it. You know what happens as humans? We don't believe things a lot. As children, we're innocent and believe. You know what I'm talking about? My daughters aren't in here, right? No, we're clear there next door. Okay. So I do this little trick with them where I'll get a raisin and I'll get a grape. And I'll say, look what daddy's going to do. I'm going to make this raisin turn into a grape again. And I'll get it and I'll put it in my hand and I'll get the raisin and I'll go. And I'll pull out the grape. And they're like, wow, dad, that's so cool. Like, do it again. You know, and and, and every once in a while they'll be like, dad, can you make the raisin into a grape? And if we don't have grapes in the fridge, I'm like, not today, hon. I I don't have it today. You know, but maybe, maybe in a couple weeks we'll make it, you know, we'll do it again. And and they believe it, right? They, 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 they they grab it. Abigail's always like, dad, when were you going to show me? And I would tell her, like, when you're eight years old. I'm sorry, when you're nine years old, I'll show you. So when she turned nine, man, October 9th, she turned nine. She was like, Dad, show me how to do it. And I was like, all right, Abigail, let, let, let's, let's, let's see me show you. And I, and I go get the raisin. I grab it. It's like, this is what you do. You put the grape on one hand, get the raisin in the other, and you blow into the grape, and you make it disappear, and you do the other. And she's like, oh, Alexandra, watch that. He showed me how to turn a raisin to a grape. And then she's trying to do it to her sister. And Alexandra's not like, Dad, when are you going to show me? It's like, when you're nine. I can only show you when you're nine. But as children, we believe things. When innocence leaves, we doubt everything. But God doesn't work with doubt. God works with the faith. 
Which is why in the New Testament, Jesus said, you've got to be like a child who will believe. I mean, you think about it. You can't believe scripture without faith. And what is faith? Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's Hebrews 11, 1. So what it tells us that faith is. Abraham believed God at face value. Abraham believed God when God said, go to a place I'm going to show you, and I'm going to make you a great nation. Do you understand something? Abraham had no no children at this point. As a matter of fact, in verse number five, it's very clear. He grabbed his wife, Lot, his brother's son, and all of his servants, right? He didn't mention any children. Why? He didn't have any. He had a lot of stuff. They didn't have any children. And in verse number one and two, it's what God had told them. He had said, I'm going to make you a great nation and I'm going to bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. But guess what? If Abraham had not gone, that prophecy would not have come to pass. And many times as Christians, we miss out on God's blessings because we don't do our part to go. We want everything to come. Lord, bring me a wife. Lord, bring me a wife. Lord, bring me a wife. Go get a haircut, get a gym membership, lose some weight, go to church, meet people. It ain't just, you know, God's not going to send you, you know, just the FedEx person and be like, that's the one. No, yeah, yeah. Take care of yourself. Do your part to be able to receive that which God has for you. Do your part. God promises, but we got to do our part. So, so what have we gathered here up to this point? Going requires faith. We got to go by what God says, not by what we see, right? You're going to get uncomfortable when you go. It's uncomfortable. Transition can be very uncomfortable. Again, Abraham wasn't just him and his wife. And it'd be like, you know, we're restarting over somewhere. That's an easy thing. I met with somebody the other day, a young couple was like, hey, if you guys really thinking about moving somewhere, this is the easy time, right? Like this is the time where, where it's a lot easier. You, you don't have children, you don't have things, you don't have different stuff. If that was a plan, this is the time where it kind of makes sense, right? If this is where God is telling you to go. It's a lot harder when you got to uproot and move kids from schools and things and all kinds of different stuff. Well, that's what God told Abraham, Uproot everybody with you and go where, where I'm going to show you. All right. And he went, you're going to be uncomfortable. And here's the biggest thing that this, this, God showed up, right? When we go to his voice, God is going to appear. But look what verse number seven says. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will leave this land. Church, can I tell you something? The blessing to your obedience to the voice of God might be for your children. Abraham didn't see the receiving of the promised land. His generations 500 years later did. But his act of obedience to go set the plan in motion.
I'm already older. What am I God going to do? You don't know the seed that you're planting that's going to bring a wonderful harvest for your great-great-grandkids that you might never meet. When you decided to go today, when God said now's the time and you changed stuff in your life and you began to do it and you're beginning to lay the pathwork, the groundwork for the generations to come, Abraham was made a great nation. He didn't see it. Not with the natural eyes. He just believed it in faith because God had said it. We need to shift and stop seeing things through our natural eyes and begin to see things the way that God sees them. We talked about Saul a few weeks ago in the C series. Saul was going out there murdering, killing Christians. He has a conversion experience and he's blinded. He's off in a corner praying and Ananias is told by God, go pray for Paul, Saul. And Ananias said, God, are you sure? I mean, this is the guy that's off there killing a bunch of people. He's killing Christians everywhere. I mean, you want me to go to him? God's like, he's going to go to places you can't go. See, he's going to go to reach the Gentiles. And what did God do through Saul? who we know as Paul. I mean, he even preached out in Athens, in Greece. He went to the before Caesar in Rome. I mean, he went to places that no one else would have been able to. Why? Because God saw something different and God told him, go. Man, can I tell you something else? When God tells you to go and you go, even if there's shipwrecks around you, like in Paul's life, he will protect you. Even if the storms swell up like the disciples on the boat and then Jesus walked on by and calmed the storm. When you go at the voice of God, he will always show up. So I ask you this, what has God told you to do or where has God told you to go that you've hesitated on and haven't begun to walk yet? You know, I might be dating myself with this movie, but there's an old movie called Indiana Jones. Anyways, there's one of them where Indy gets to this huge place that he has to walk across. And they look at him and, and everybody's like, and, 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 and he's reading the little book that his dad had written with all the different stuff or whatever. And he begins to talk about the leap of faith and taking the step of faith. And everybody's looking at him and he gets to the point where he gets right up to the edge. I mean, they're kicking rocks off. Nothing's happening. Nothing's there. And he finally built enough courage and faith. He actually closes his eyes. He goes like this and he takes this step. And when he goes to take this step, all of a sudden, he doesn't fall. And then he takes another step. And then he gets some sand and throws it across. And there's this bridge that was hidden all along. But the bridge did not become visible until he took the leap of faith. What is it in your life that God has told you to fix, to do? What is it in your life that God has said, go? That because of fear of not being able to see it yet, you haven't taken the step. I encourage you this morning. Remember this. God told Abraham, go. And what he went, 
the Lord appeared to him. You may not know how you're going to get to that other side, but if God told you go, believe him at his word and go. Church, ready, set, go. Wherever God tells you, go. Don't stay still any longer. Go.